whether you're a new lash artist, whether you want to train, you want to start a business, whatever you want to do, just don't give up, especially if you feel like you hit a roadblock or you try to compare yourself to someone who's 10 years ahead of you. And you're like, I'm never going to get there. What am I doing with my life? I should just quit. It would be so much easier if you put in the effort and the work you're bound to grow. That's just how things work. That's how life works. Even if it's super slow, you don't feel like you're growing. You look back and you're like, wow, I've actually come really far and I'm glad I didn't give up. And it's motivation to keep going. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, Andre, show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, they panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast. Your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today we're excited to have Kaylee Duvall from LBK Lashes join us in the studio. Well, actually, just not in the studio. We recorded, you know, over Zoom, like all our interviews. One day we'll get more people in here. But that said, Kaylee is uh, really a sweetheart and someone that we were really excited to get to know. Someone that recently just reached out to us through emails, start talking about business, lashes. She had some good points and things that I thought would be interesting to bring onto the show. So she's one of those people, guys, that we say, hey, reach out to us, share us an idea, share us something that you want to talk about. And if it's something that we're missing or something we haven't talked about or just a new perspective, hey, maybe you'll get invited to be on the show. We really don't care about your follower count. We don't care about how big your name is. What we care about is content and what you have to say. And Kaylee, Checked all those boxes, so we brought her on. And so we're going to talk about her last journey, kind of how she got to where she is. She's also going to tell us a little about, actually, I think one of the coolest things is how she actually had a friend who really was honest and straight with her when she was early stages learning how to be a lash artist and really helped her become a better artist because of that, because she was truthful and honest in a loving way and told her, hey, your lashes aren't so good. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I think we all need that with whatever business we're doing. We need someone in our life who loves us, who wants us to thrive, right? And is willing to tell us the truth so that we can work in those areas and get better. And Kaylee had that. So we're really excited for the share about that. Also, she talked about bad lashes and bad work and how to handle clients who come in from bad work from other salons. And she also tells us how much she's not a pre-made fan. Not yet, at least. She uh, just has some good points and... We're praying, hoping that one day she'll change her mind. But uh, that's okay. We're a big tent. You don't have to like pre-made fans to follow us. It's all good. So anyhow, we will get into that. But before I have something new for you guys, something very exciting, something that's been in the works for, I was going to say years, not really years. It's been months. We've actually mentioned it, but we wanted to have something new. So when we do our announcements, we, we have some cue that you get to listen to. It's kind of fun. So right now, let's do it. Cue the music. For 
There you go. That's it. That's our announcement music. I know. We're so, like, we've arrived, guys. We have made it. We are at the highest level of podcasting. We have announcement music. So we're really excited and very um, want to say thank you, Diego, who does our editing for our podcast. And he also did all the voices, by the way. He did 20 different voices, including female voices somehow. I don't know. The magic of uh, computers and all that fun stuff. So anyhow, we're really excited to have our announcement music, but let's get into announcements real quick. Now, I'll hold a lot because we're in LashCon season. That's all that matters for me right now. I try to just, everything else, I'm like, no, 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 can't do it. Got to have those good boundaries that we all say we try to have, and often we don't. But right now, I'm being pretty good. I'm saying no to a lot of stuff. So right now, we have LashCon tickets. We have a handful of tickets. So if you want to come to the live event, this is still your chance to buy your ticket. Go to the show notes or go to thelashconference.com or go to our Instagram and get your ticket before they're all gone because this will be it. This is the last batch. And by the way, I've had some people reach out to me and say, oh, I want to go, but I don't know anyone. Guys, that's like the number one testimony from people who come to the con. They almost always start out like, well, I didn't know anyone or I was a little scared to go. That's like the common phrase. And then afterwards, there's a big but. They go, but then I met all my, these new besties, and now I'm collaborating with this person. Hey, I'm doing a podcast with this person, or hey, we we're going to do a training together, or we're going to try a new product line. It's amazing the amount of networking and connection that can come from it, but you got to put yourself out there. You got to be a little uncomfortable. You got to be willing to go out on a limb and take a chance, because that's where the good stuff happens, right? When you take chances, good things follow. If you don't take chances, you just get what you always get, the same old, same old. So if you want to change your business, you want to level up, and you're a little scared, maybe a little shy, don't worry about it, guys. We do our best to try to create a very inclusive, very friendly environment. It doesn't matter what your background, where you come from, whatever. It doesn't matter. You're accepted. You're welcome there. It's really a unique experience. And I only can say that because we've done it for now three years, at least two years live. And always, always I hear from everyone, oh, my gosh, I was so amazing. It was so warm. It was so welcoming. I didn't know anyone. So if that's your big complaint or that's your big concern, I should say, Rest assured, you'll be fine. We actually have socials on Saturday. We have socials every night. We have a bar, so maybe one drink will get you a little looser. I don't know. Whatever it takes, we will do our best. And we really actually put it on our staff. We put it on the volunteers. We put it on all the speakers. So, guys, be here to serve the community. Don't just go and hang out with your friends you know. If you see someone alone, see a friend, see someone who needs like a little support, reach out to them and, and, and bring them or invite them to lunch or do whatever it takes. So please um, don't let that be the reason why you don't go to LashCon. And if, if you can't make it for some reason, because I know a lot of you are overseas or you're just, it's just, just too much money, I get it. You can buy the virtual ticket for $247 and you get two months to watch a replay. And you get all the content for only $247. Instead of paying you know, $1,500 bucks or plus, you pay you know, $250 and you can watch it at home. And you can watch it whenever you want. And you get everything. So the only thing you'll get is the socials, but that's okay. Lastly, we have our retention and styling course, November 19th, 20th in Boston, and December 3rd and 4th in Los Angeles. We, I think we have four or five tickets for each of those um, locations still. So if you can't make the last con, but you want to upgrade your last game so you get four-week retention, then this is a class you want to take. If you're new to lashes, it will just destroy you. So don't take it. But if you've got six months or more experience, you can sign up and take it. And it's really focused on pre-mades as well as pro-mades and classic. You know, if you make volume handmade, you can do it. And I know the design principles we give you will really still help you level up, but it's going to be a lot harder for you. We'll just say that. All right, that's all we have for announcements. Now let's get to our interview where we sit down with Kaylee and talk about her last journey. 
Hey guys, we're here in the LashCast studios, excited to have a new guest, someone who we just recently met. Hey Tess, by the Hi. way, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> good to see you. And we have someone, the name of her company is LBK Lashes, and I'm going to get her name right because I've gotten it wrong, I think, so, almost every time I've said her name so far. It's Kaylee Duvall. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yes, we're so excited to have you on board. She reached out to me with a really a passion for our industry, and we got to know her a little bit just through email, and I thought it'd be great to have her come on and talk about her last journey, and also we might even get into a little bit of what she thinks is one of the biggest pain points in our industry, and we'll get into that later in this episode. But first, Kayla, I thought we'd just get into, in case people don't know who you are, you own a lash brand, you're a trainer, and I'd like to, for people to kind of find out why beauty, why do you get the lashes, and or why did you get into lashes? Yeah, so I originally went to school for hair. My mom does hair. I loved watching her do hair, so I went to hair school. And I liked doing hair in school, but when I got out of school and I was in a salon, I was miserable. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> why is that? I don't know. I think it was just so stressful for me. I think every client is different. I would overthink the it was just way too much for me. And luckily, when I was in cosmetology school, this was like eight years ago, they had just started teaching lashes at my school. So I just had to pay for my tweezers. And then I learned how to do lashes there. Was it a brand so, that came in by chance? Or was it just the, the, the instructor from the school knew lashes and that person taught, was teaching? It was just an instructor at school. Oh, yeah, okay. it, it was part of the curriculum, but it was an extra class. But yeah, it wasn't a guest yeah, it wasn't something from outside, like a brand or something like that. Yeah. Cool. So I quit doing hair. I kind of fell back into my corporate job for a minute, but I always did lashes on the side. Mm. And so I'd go to work all day. I'd come home and I'd do like two lash clients. And I wasn't even charging a ton at the time because yeah. I was so new. But doing the math, I was like, oh my gosh, I just did two lash clients in two, three hours. And I made just as much or more as I did sitting at my desk all day long. (laughs) What was the corporate job, by the way? I worked in HR at a marketing company. Cool. So I did that math and I was like, hmm, maybe I should do this lash thing full time. I enjoy it. And so I called a salon that's just up the street from where I was and they had an opening for a lash artist and they hired me that week. I quit my job that week and I just kind of. Wow. Looked back. So no, no fear for you. Do you usually pivot like that pretty quick? You can change and yeah, I'm pretty good with change. I can go with the flow. You can embrace it. That's a big one. I hear there's quite a few people that we've talked to over the years and, you know, just talk to personally one-on-one. And I think that is one of the biggest obstacles for people to switch over. They are trapped in that comfort of depending on their nine to five job. And they're just really scared to make that leap and say, what if I don't get enough clients. Did you do anything financially change your life a little bit? Or did you already have a nest egg to kind of help float you through that time? Or how did you Were you relying on yeah. the job for benefits, that kind of thing? Was it easy? Yes, I didn't have benefits when I, when so I quit that. You're a gambler. Up, okay. <laughs> yeah. I paid a lot for my own health insurance. Just did it. You just did it. That is like, amazing. Faith and just did it. And luckily the salon I was at, they, I think they only had one other lash artist at the time and it was a really busy salon. And so thanks to them, I did build fairly quick. I only did two and a half days at the time. So within a few months, those few days were fairly full. You know, there's some turnover and all that, but. Now for you as an artist starting out here, how long had you, when you quit your job, how long had you been doing lashes at that point? 
Probably two years. Oh, wow. So you did two years of double duty, working nine to five, and then doing lashes at night. And finally, after two years, you said, I'm done. I'll go into the salon world and go for it. So was there anything that you felt like that was, uh, you had to overcome to get, make that switch mentally, or was it just, you were so tired of the nine to five, it didn't matter. Yeah, I was very tired of the nine to five because I, I did that job before cosmetology school. I did it through cosmetology school and then I quit to do hair and then they hired me back on. So I had been there for a long time. For so 80 I was, years. No. And, <laughs> and, and Kaylee, how long had you been? Was it every night that you were taking a lash client with the job? How many lash clients would you do a week during that? It was probably only three to four nights a week. I probably only had like six to eight clients a week. But I have to say that that consistent steady stream of clients that you're practicing on for that two years is what develops the basis, the foundation, the skill, the ability to have confidence to know whatever comes through the door, you're going to be able to handle it. I'm glad that you waited that long. A lot of times people either jump into it or they might have hesitation because they're not quite ready yet. Their skills aren't quite there. Two years proofing time is like the proof is in the pudding. Like, you know, when you're making bread, you make sure that it's alive. No idea what we're talking about right now. Well, you know, you you make (laughs) in a separate cup. You don't throw the yeast right in a way because if you you do and it's not living, your bread's going to turn out flat, right? But you proof the yeast. You make sure that it's bubbly and it's living and it's active. It's between my toes, I think, is where it is. You are so <laughs> gross. You're so gross. Okay, keep going. <laughs> I'm stunted. I can't even recover from that. Take him to get a pedicure after this. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. Uh, I have okay. to say, though, no, about the pedicure, he's, like, totally gross about I, feet. I, like, I can't handle someone touching my feet. Did no. I tell you this story? Let me just digress and tell you this one story. <laughs> When we were first married, I don't know why, but I still wanted him to do my toes. I wanted him to give me yeah. a pedicure. And I just thought it would be so romantic. And so I got all the stuff out. And, and he, he gets down to, to do my toes and he starts to gag. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll get through this. And he's like gagging. And I'm like, oh, he's like, I just grossed out about feet. I'm sorry. It's like, it's not like my feet were like gross you like know hobbit's they, feet. no they weren't like hobbit's feet but anyway what i realized after that is he does not like feet he does not like no nope, you know. no foot fetish here so so <laughs> i said you're free from having to give me a pedicure so <sighs> you said the most romantic thing i've ever done for i you. was i thought it was the most romantic thing ever yeah. and now i settle for him taking out the trash <laughs> <laughs> there you, you go. love me right no yes, okay I anyway do. sorry about that Total sidebar but back, but, to, back but to yeast the point is that you develop those skills and it's probably what I mean, I'm I'm kind of assuming things, but that it, it was probably something that helped you make that decision to go ahead and do it because you knew. I mean, at that point, were you confident that you could handle things? I mean, what was your mindset? I had gotten to a point around the time, yes, that I felt more confident going into a salon. But up until then, I look back at pictures. I'm like, I didn't even know how to like shape somebody's eye. I just kind of had like 13s or 12s across the whole thing. (laughs) Or like one of my best friends, she was referring clients to me from where she worked and she'd come to me and say, I'm just telling you this because I'm your good friend and I would want to know too, but Mm. all the girls in the office, their lashes are just falling off. And 
there was a lot, a lot of learning over those two years and a lot I had to learn and figure out. We all start at the same place. None of us sprang forth from the womb knowing how to do this kind of stuff. And there's no shame. Like I look back at old pictures and when I was taking the pictures, I'm like, yeah, this is great. This is so good. And I look back at it now and they're like horrible. So I put them in some of our training because it's like encouraging. You don't know what you don't know. And part of that's a blessing. I think it's just like training wheels. Like when you're doing the same 13 through 14 on every single person doing the exact same thing, all it is is training wheels. It's helping you get to that point because none of us start off seeing the nuance and knowing how to shape and, and knowing how to deal with asymmetry or knowing how to deal with different kind of hair types, that kind of thing. It's all something that we develop as, as we continue to go. And it's like we only need the encouragement to stay in it so that we don't give up. So anyway. Well, I want to know because I think this is something that sounds very unique to you. Guys, I have not heard this from a lot of people that your friend actually came to you and said, hey – the lashes aren't lasting. Like, I mean, that's a real friend, by the way. There's a lot of people yeah. out there that don't have that kind of relationship or openness with the people. They only want to hear the good stuff. Is that something that what, you guys just have that kind of bond where you can do that? Or did you encourage that? How did that come about? We were roommates. We're best friends. You mm-hmm. know, she, she was genuinely trying to help me out. And I took it well. I was more like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that what I was doing wasn't working, yeah. you know? Yeah, we were in a place that it was good. It was okay for her to say that. Now, when she did do that, how did you go back to lashing and think rethink it? Was it you tried new techniques? Did you go online? Did you talk to friends? What was your process after you found out they weren't lasting so long? I experimented with different adhesives or got a new bottle of adhesive. Mm-hmm. Or I looked into different yeah, the adhesives and how they worked. And then I also looked at how much of it I was using. Maybe I wasn't putting enough on there. I was afraid to use too much. It's a very common problem because as we continue to grow and become proficient, we learn how to use just the right amount to get that lash to stick so that they walk out Mm -hmm. the door. But the durability is another factor. And I think that anybody can improve their retention, not necessarily by going out and switching the glue. I mean, that's what we first think of. But what you said was, you know, switching the amount. It's like, One of principles of good adhesion 101 is that both surfaces should be thoroughly wet. And um, as you continue to get faster and faster, what we tend to do is use less and less and cover less surface area. We're trying to get fast. Because we are getting faster, right? Yeah. But it was a sign. It always happened with our staff that after they became proficient, about a month or two after that, their lashes would start falling off. I mean, clients' lashes would, and it would always be like, okay, now we've hit that point. Now I want you to go back and be a little bit more on purpose about wetting the surface thoroughly, making sure that both surfaces are wet. So you're picking up more and then you're getting that really good bond there. And that can really change the bond. Yeah. One thing I teach in my course is I say, you know, if you want to improve your speed, that's all in making your fan, picking up your fan, picking up the lashes. But when it comes to getting your adhesive and placing the lash, especially, I'm like, you're not rushing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's You're taking your time on that. Make sure it's on there. It's not going anywhere. It's not just the tip of the base isn't just like that's there right. and you're on to the next one. Kaylee, I have a question for you. When you teach your students to make the fan, do you have them crystallize it first before they place it, or do you just have them place it onto the lash line? I just have them place it. Yeah. Yeah, well, different ways. And we never asked this before. Are you a fan of pre-maids? What do you feel about pre-maids? Where do you stand? 
I am not. You're oh, not. I've had people get mad at me on Instagram because I've said I don't like pre-mades. And I <laughs> and I struggle. <laughs> I struggle too, like the business side. Yeah. I know if I sold pre-mades, they would do so well. People love pre-mades. Yeah. People rave about pre-mades. And they do save people a lot of time. And maybe I just haven't tried. I know there's different bases yeah. on pre-mades. Mm. Maybe I just haven't tried the right ones, but yeah. everything I tried and seen. I've had clients who say I've been sick or whatever, and they go to a different lash artist and that lash artist is using pre-mades. They come back into me and they're like, oh my gosh, my lashes have been bothering me so bad. I feel this glue and these bases. And I look at them and I like, I can see that pre Uh It stands out. So maybe it's just my experience with pre-mades. What else do you not like about them? Is it just the way that the client says they feel? When I teach lashes, I pretty much only teach about bases. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. your fans will come. I teach about, I teach seamless work. I teach comfort for the client. And I just haven't found that in pre-mades. I don't know. And like I said, maybe I haven't seen. Well, we'll try to convert you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm open. You yeah. Know? But I also haven't seen retention be as good. I mean, it's not terrible. But I haven't seen retention be as good with pre-mades as I have with handmaids because I don't know, they're just maybe a little more stiff. And I feel like with handmaids too, there's flexibility for wrapping or whatever you kind of need to do while that base is still wet. Well, I want to validate those concerns. And I want to say that I think that you are accurate in your assessment of what you've seen. But the same is true of any kind of lash. So there's different properties to a pre-made. And you do have to make sure, because they are a bigger surface area, so you have to make sure that you are more precise when you're placing them and that you're using more adhesive. A lot of people, if they still pick up the same amount of adhesive that they would with a classic lash or just by itself when you've created the fan, it's going to be different because there's way more surface area on a pre-made, but that's not to say that you can't, right? And that's not to say that if you apply it properly and you're wetting both surfaces and you're getting the, the, all the way down to the base and you're doing seamless where you're not binding other hairs to that, right? then it's amazing, right? So I think that your concerns are valid, but I think that you can do it and you can do it well if you, if you're ticking off all the boxes in terms of adhesive and fit, because pretty much that's all I do. And one of the reasons why I know how to make fans, I have not crafted that skill. I haven't done that for two years about creating that fan. And for me, I know that I could do that, but I don't want to take the time to. So, and my thing with pro-made fans or handmade fans is that for me, it's two actions. Like if you create the fan and you're putting it onto the hair, that's two separate actions. And so I prefer either to have it crystallized before I go on or not. And and that's just coming from a place of somebody who hasn't mastered that. But I know that there are so many people that can do that and do it well. So yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to bet, like you said, I know Tessney when she first started seeing pre-mates was about four or five years ago. You weren't really excited about what you saw. You were like, eh, these pre-mades aren't that good. They're really weak. So they're still, I think, out there, pre-mades that are, are not well, very soft. Well, the pre-mades good. that I saw at the time, and this was what? What year was this? At 2018, maybe? 
No, it was before that. 2017? The Two ones ago. from the manufacturer that I had seen, the curl of the lashes, they were too flat, shallow. Right? It was really shallow. They straightened yeah. out, yeah, you know, I've seen right that. away. And I didn't like the quality of the fiber. So it wasn't necessarily about bonding or anything like that. I felt like it would be great. But, and then also looking at it, you're right on some lashes, how the fans are put together. There's either a different kind of adhesive that is not a cyanoacrylate. I'm sure you've seen it. It's clear. And those are water soluble. And so over time, as the client's wearing it, they can absorb water and they they stop being clear when they absorb that water. They become kind of cloudy and it looks like mucus. I've had clients say, oh, there's glue balls. Not not yeast? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) (sighs) I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, no yeast. You usually say boogers is what you say. Like yeah, it looks like eye boogers, right? Yeah. So one of the flaws of pre-made fans is that they're the way that they're bonded, the bases can be super chunky and super big and unsightly. So there's that. But if you find a good manufacturer, if you find a good distributor, not all lashes are created equal. No, and I think that's the thing I was going to get is that we've seen a change. Like it's growing. There's more opportunities, more or more options, better bases that you like that are finer that don't have big chunks of glue or anything like that so it's like anything is evolving hopefully you know in five years from now you'll be like you know what guys i like making them but i also like pre-made so who knows maybe uh we'll, we'll i'll wait for them to evolve yes <laughs> yeah 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 recently i have seen company brands come out with you know they're advertising the really slim base and they do look great i'm like okay those look better and then yeah. i've also seen um, where the base of the fan doesn't even look like the lashes are pinched together. It's almost like they're individually almost inserted into this glue that's like a couple centimeters wide. I'm like, that could fit on two or three lashes. Wow. That yeah. can't yeah. be comfortable, you know? I know exactly what you're talking about. I call that the girdle. It almost looks like the shape of a diamond with the glue is in, it, yeah, in a diamond like shape. It. So here's the thing. When I first saw them, I was like, eh, I don't know about these. And then there's so many different kinds. There's ones with a, a very pointy tip. They come together with a long stem. There's some with a square tip. And here's the thing. I think that the industry is going to continue to grow. And all these different variations of lashes, it just means more paints, more colors to paint with in your paint box. Totally. And as you learn to, you know, there's different things that you can do with them. Like some of the ones that have like a pointy stem, you can bind the side to it and then you can put another one on the other side. There's so many different things that you can do with it. So it's not like a one size fits all. If you're creating individual art on each person's lid, there's a need for every different kind. You know, we just have to be in it long enough and uh, be dedicated enough to figure out how can we do this? What color fits best? Yeah. All right. Well, let's get Back to uh, Kaylee's uh, business uh, growth because we're I think we got off on the, the whole. No, you know what's thing. totally cool. That's it's cool. really fun to it's really fun to go head to head and kind of share ideas. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, no, that's great. So back to now, you are working in the salon. You just started. You transitioned from the other business. What were your challenges now? Now that you are working solo, first off, I should ask: Were you an independent contractor? Were you running your own business, or were you an employee of the, the salon that you were at? I was an employee at the salon for about two months, and then I went into being independent. Oh, did you stay at the same place? Yes, I stay at the same place. They let me choose, and so... Okay. Oh, that's great. Very cool. Now, was that scary? Because now you're a little bit more on your own, right? Independent. You knew that this was now fully on your plate to take care of yourself? Yeah. Did they feed you enough clients? Did you have a struggle to create your clientele? They did. This salon was awesome. It was in Utah. I just moved to Arizona in April. Oh, okay. This was up in Utah and they had a full hair floor and they let me print like 20% off lashes and put it on every single mirror on the hair floor. And so that just fed 
every client that walked into that salon, if they wanted lashes, they could come see me. So I was really lucky because that now being in Arizona, I've been in a studio salon and it is different, not the same. I'm busting my butt to build clients here. Did you take care of the staff? Did you hook them all up with lashes at all? Yep. There was another lash artist that was already there and she was fully booked and she did, I don't know, probably about half the salon. And so I did take over anyone new that wanted lashes that wasn't already going to her. Yeah. Um, I had room to take them on. So and was it where you gave them free, free lashes for, for referrals type thing? Or what was your deal that you set up with them? In the beginning, I think I gave them like half off. Yeah. Because they were walking around the salon, you know, the front desk at the salon. It was good advertising. So yeah. I, I think I gave them like 50% off and I wasn't very expensive at the time. I think they only paid me like 25 or 30 bucks. Oh my gosh. Right. What a bargain. Was, yeah. Yes. It was like basically free. Yes. <laughs> it is free. It's like a tip. Yeah, exactly. But it was worth it because then as I was on my own, I ended up being able to tell them, hey, I'm on my own now. This isn't part of the salon. I'm going to charge you my full price. And they're like, okay. I was like, cool. That's <laughs> great. That's the big thing people don't realize. Once you create that value, People are willing to pay more. They, at first, oh, yeah. I know people think, oh, crap, I, I can't raise my prices because that's why they came to me. It's like, no, no, no. What you do once you get them in is you blow them away so that when you do raise your prices, they go, well, of course you should get paid more because look at these lashes. Yeah. These are amazing. So Yeah. yeah well, that's cool. Now, for you, it sounds like you've built your business twice. You did once in a salon, which sounds like it was relatively easy because there was a lot of flow of traffic, but you said you moved. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of my <laughs> doing. Yeah. So then you moved to Arizona and, and is that just recently? It sounds like you just recently moved. Yeah. Just a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're now starting all over. So, and now you're in a, a booth suite or salon suite. Would you maybe share how that experience has been for you and starting over and the struggles you've had to work through? So different. I grew up here, so I do know a few people, but that doesn't mean everybody that I know wants lash extensions. Mm-hmm. So I've taken on a few friends. My family actually doesn't even wear lash extensions. <laughs> So I don't know my family. I know. My mom is the same way. (laughs) I know. I'm like, no, but I love referrals. So in the beginning, I did do like a sponsored Instagram post and that brought in some clients. And then after two, three months, I definitely am not full by any means, Mm -hmm. but I was like, okay, I like the clients that I have now. And if they will just kind of refer to me over time, I can be patient with that because I just love referrals. Yeah. And you also want that same kind of client. And the problem when you go, when you're trying to grab anyone and everyone, you're going to get all sorts of clients coming in your door that maybe are not really best suited for you. Yes. (laughs) If you found that core, just build off that. Yeah, exactly. I have that core. I like where I'm at and they have been referring clients to me. So it's definitely been slower, but I'm okay with it. Can I ask who is your ideal client? Does she have a name? Sometimes people have a name for them. Or you just know. a description. A description. In your mind, who, what, they look like. what is she like? What does she buy? You know, a what bald man that what looks is, like me? Maybe. What is her job? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Enhance your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you figured all that out? You know, a lot of my clients they love to travel. Mm-hmm. They're pretty adventurous. Very easygoing. But at the same time, they know they need to be on time. They know I'm booked back to back. And if they're late, that's cutting into their appointment time. Yeah. They respect my time. You train them well. Just as much as I respect theirs, you know. Mm -hmm. And 
they just become my friends. Yeah. Now, do you have a program you set up like or a bonus or a referral program where people get some sort of benefit they get in or refer friends or how do you encourage, I guess, people to refer people to you? I'll say like, you know, if you refer a friend to me, you both get $10 off. So I'll give them $10 off. And then after they come to me, your next appointment will be $10 off. Okay. Yeah. And the clients like that, and that gives them enough incentive. That's cool. So you have good boundaries about people being late and that kind of stuff. How did you establish that? You said that they know it's their time if they Mm -hmm. come late. How did you do that? So when I first started at the salon, when I was getting full, I kind of was like, okay, I need to make this much money. So my appointment times, I'm going to, my goal is to like an hour and 15 minutes for a two week fill. So I did that and I stacked them back to back hour and 15 minutes. So if a client was ever late, I would just let them know, Hey, you know, I have someone coming at this time. So I'm just going to get you as full as I can. If you need a touch up next week, let me know. I'll get you in. Okay. That's good. That's exactly what you need to do. Yeah. It's yeah. Up front right away. I'm ever running behind. I honor that. I give them their full appointment time. I just let them know, Hey, I'm 15 minutes behind. Yeah. Come at this time. I'll give you your full appointment. So that's great. That's the way you do it. We used to actually, I think we'd had for a while, if we were late for any reason, we actually would just give them a discount. I think I it was like 15% or 20% discount because we were late. We still try, would get them their full appointment, but because we made them wait, or if we called them 15 minutes before their appointment, we would do stuff like that. Just always showing that we cared. I think the biggest thing, everything we do, we try to communicate that we care because too many businesses, I feel like, don't care and just take people for granted. <laughs> Yeah. I'm here to take care of them. That's my goal. I want them to feel taken care of. I want them to feel, feel like I care because I do. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, if you're more than 15 minutes late, I'm canceling you. Cause then it's like, what am I going to do for the next hour? And now (laughs) they don't get lashes. Exactly. Then yeah. their days ruined. <laughs> that, that's one of the worst policies I see. If you're late, I'm canceling your appointment. Just take no. them. Even if they get in for, if they're an hour late and they can lay there for 15 minutes, yep. I'm like, I'll give you 15 minutes worth of lashes. That's- yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what else is a terrible policy that I can't stand is, oh, we don't take fills from outside places. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. yeah. Like, I get that question all the time. Do you take fills from other lash artists? I'm like, yeah, because if not, then where would my clients come from? Yeah, I, this is how you get new clients. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, it's a little bit more stressful for you. Yeah, you might have, but that's what we get paid to do. And it's like, don't you want to yeah. show your talent to this person? Yep. Don't you want this person in your schedule? Totally. I'm fair to them too. They say like, you charge more. And I say, well, it depends. Like, I'll have to look at your lashes. And if it looks similar to what I do, and I don't feel like I have to remove and replace a ton, if I can treat it like a normal fill, I'll just charge them my price. I won't yeah. be like, well, you're a foreign fill. So yeah. you're you're paying an extra $50 today because you came from somewhere else. I'm like, well, it was an extra work on my part. So I'm not going to just like take their money. Just, know. you know, it's a good policy to take it. It's a great way to win yeah. over new clients, especially if you're now, if you're packed, I get it. You don't want to deal with it. And you're like, I'm slammed for two months. Okay, you can turn yeah. down foreign fills. But if you're like, totally. I got one client today and someone calls and you've been told on Instagram or Facebook to don't take foreign fills and you're like, I'm sorry, I can't take you. Like, you're losing money. You could have more clients. Totally. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. But our industry, I think at times we like to feel empowered. That's why, like, mm-hmm. like we see people like, just fire a client if they're late. Or, you know, you hear these like really bold statements, which I almost think in reality, no one's doing any of these things. It just looks good on Instagram. But once it gets to real life, are people, you know, someone's calling and say, oh, wow, my client's late. 
and you call them, I'm sorry, never come back here again. You're late again. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't imagine those are the real conversations people are having because it's super aggressive. But it feels good to say it, I guess, and, and, and say it online. Well, one of the things that would be kind of fun to get into, since we t- said we would talk about this, and we're talking about foreign fills, is talking about bad work. I know this is really yeah. one of the things that you really were most excited to talk about because you were just like, man, there's just like, I had a run for a while where I was just seeing a lot of bad work coming in. So why don't we tap into that a little bit of your thoughts on uh, what's going on here and how do we deal with it? Yeah. So before I started educating, I mean, there seriously was like, it was consistent. These girls were coming in and they're like, my eyes hurt so bad. Sometimes they were a little swollen. Wow. And I sent you guys a picture and I can explain for visual for people listening, but I mean, there were probably, what would you say, 10 or 15 fans clumped into one and they were stuck to even more natural lashes. And you could see it was grown out and it had pulled a bunch of lashes out, which I mean, they do grow back. I know you guys have talked about that, but it's painful. painful. Nobody wants that paint. I mean... You shouldn't be uncomfortable wearing lash extensions. And a lot of the times it'd be their first time getting lash extensions. And so I'd remove them and I'd fix them. And they'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't feel anything on my eyes. I'm like, yeah, they should be comfortable. And they're like, well, I didn't, I didn't know. I just figured there's something glued onto my eyes and it should hurt. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 that's not the case. So I saw that very, very consistently with foreign sales for like a couple months. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, you know. And that kind of pushed you. You need to start teaching people in your area or, or at least start trying to help people learn yeah, a little bit more Yeah, so about that's it. what inspired me to teach and to start educating. So now when I teach, I emphasize isolation, clean work, seamless spaces. If you can give them comfort and retention, they'll be your client forever. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that people don't realize is that on the downside, the bad work that happens, it actually shrinks our industry because a lot of these people have a bad experience and they say, nope, not, not for, me. for me. I mean, we've met people. I know I've talked to people say, oh, we do lash extensions. Oh, I don't do lashes. They're, they're painful. They're horrible. They, they rip out your I- lashes. I'm like, yeah, if you go to bad artists, yes, they are that way. Yeah. And so that is yeah. a negative side effect in our industry when we allow and not allow. I mean, it's not like we, we have the power to go around and say, you no longer can lash. You can no longer lash. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I guess what we need to do is create hopefully people have a little bit more self-awareness more people need to have friends like yeah. you have they're like hey girl your lashes aren't that good <laughs> yeah well considering the person like if the situation were reversed and there was somebody that was consistently in my neighborhood that was doing that and i was seeing the work one of the things that i probably would consider doing is taking pictures of it as it's coming in See, it depends on the person and and you uh, have you're good. Talk, it's very dangerous ground. I know, but this is, you know, okay. <laughs> I would probably say, Hey, I'd love to give you some feedback if you're interested in it. I've seen a couple of your clients, several of your clients after on it. I would love to meet with you just to share some things that I think can be helpful for you. Uh, there's mm-hmm. no one, no, would anyone ever accept that? I would. I know know you would, but from a competitor saying, hey, I'm here to help you with your business a little bit. I think if you go about it the right way, it could help. Yeah. For you, you were able to hear your friend because you know her, right? You guys are roommates. You guys have been in the trenches together. So you have that relationship. I guess she knows that you love her. Yeah. So for you to have that openness allows you to do that. So I guess in this case, if what we'd encourage people to do is I didn't think before you come to them, say, hey, I think you have bad lashes. Is I think you need to make connections with other lash artists in your community and try to befriend them and show them that you care, yeah. right? Yeah. So 
when it comes to plastic surgery and other physicians, I have heard of a specialist may get referrals from people who've had surgery done and it's not quite up to par. There's some issues with it. And in those cases, the doctors usually will call that other person out and say, listen, I'm seeing a lot of these patients with this issue. I don't want you doing this. Or there's explaining some, you know, I'll take care of this patient to fix it for you, but you can't do this again. You know, it's different because it's surgery and those are permanent problems. Pulling Mm -hmm. out lashes, I mean, it has to have like damage to really create a lawsuit or something like that. But it's always a risk to do that. But at the same time, there is a duty to protect the public, right? Yeah. Now for you, when you see this work, how do you handle the client when they have bad lashes? Because I bet you some people right now thinking, okay, I get those clients. And I think a lot of times it's a struggle. Like, how do you walk them through that and say, oh my gosh, your lashes suck or your your lash artist sucks. (laughs) I mean, what do you do? How do you handle that whole situation? I just ask them questions like in a roundabout way, kind of let them walk me through it and let Mm -hmm. them handle it almost, you know. In my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, ow. Yeah, but do they know? Are they coming to you going, my lashes are bad? Or are they just like, here's my lashes and you begin to see that there's an issue and they don't really understand that? I think they know there's an issue because they hurt, mm-hmm. but until I take a picture and show them at the end, I'm like, this is what was on your eye. They're like, oh my gosh. Oh. But as I'm kind of removing them and stuff, I'm like, how long have you had lashes? Was this your first time? Was this person in a salon? And are they painful? Mm-hmm. I just ask them questions and let them tell me about it. And then I just educate them. and like, well, they shouldn't be hurting you. I'll take a picture. I'm going to show you what they look like. I'll show you what they look like after I'm done with them. So you can see the difference. High five. Yeah. (laughs) High five. That's exactly the way. questions and then educate them. There's no shame and there's no, even the person that did it, I would never shame them at all. They might not be aware. They might just think like, yeah, I'm learning lashes and good for them for doing it. You know, I'm so proud of you for doing that. I never like to throw other people under the bus and we've all been learners. We've all been the person that has glued people's lashes together. And I would want people to say nice things about me or my attentions. So by taking a picture, showing what they had and then showing them what they're supposed to look like and then letting them come to the conclusion. I never take the bait when somebody's like, oh, my lash, previous lash artist was terrible. She could be saying that about me next, right? So it's always about you saying this is what you have and this is the way it should be. Never saying that person really screwed you up. That person really did a really bad job on you because the golden rule, treat people the way that you want to be treated. And it's like, I wouldn't want people to be assuming the worst about my work. Totally. So good job on that. Thank you. Now for you, is there any other issues or anything? Well, I guess when it comes to bad lashes, I wish there was a a quick solution, which I think training is pretty much encouraging people to be more self-aware, right? Say, Hey, you know, just be willing like you with your friend. I mean, it's good to have someone outside who can speak truth into your life. And if you don't have that kind of relationship, you should look for that either yep. from your clients. I mean, our clients, I remember our staff, when they would join our team, one of the complaints we'd hear is like, oh my gosh, people complain about my last work. And I've never heard a complaint before. People ever. complain at the salon way too much. I've never had these complaints before in my life. And we'd be like, yeah, did they ever come back? Yeah, they have, yeah. the way they complained is they just return. That's how they would do it. <laughs> yeah. In our salon, thankfully, because we had a really open policy like hey if you're not happy let us know and we'll fix it people did feel yeah. like they could say something their friend would say hey this lawn's great if you go there and you're not happy 
in the first seven days, we had a policy. If you're not happy with your lashes in the first seven days, come back and we'll fix it for you for free. And so clients knew that they had that open door. And you're never in trouble if somebody complains either. No. Yeah, we didn't get mad at staff and go, you just wasted money. Never. It that's was, how you learn. That's how you learn. And then we ask questions and have them come back. And Tess would often have to jump in, take a look at the work, go, hey, okay, I see what's going on here. And she could give feedback to the team members. So I think that's um, something that overall – we need to be seeing more openness in those areas that would really help our industry grow. And also just humility. We all would just be more, a little bit more humble and be willing to step back and say, okay, I, I maybe I'm not the, the last boss I wish I was, and I can always learn. I think that would, be right. that would really help people progress quicker. Well, this person that you were seeing, the work that you were seeing, you shared a little bit before that this person kind of was an impetus for you to start training. This person who was doing this terrible work started to train other people. Can you <laughs> share a little bit about that journey and what you were seeing and how it played out? Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, just seeing that just inspired me. I was like, I want to be someone like, even if I can make a difference in one or two lash artists, that's great. So I sat down. It took me a couple months. I created a curriculum for courses and they were all in-person two-day trainings. And I just, yeah, they inspired me to teach super clean work. And then at the same time, it wasn't like I teach someone, I'm like, Casey, yeah, good luck. You know, I'm mm -hmm. like, you have my phone number, you have my Instagram. This isn't just a two-day thing. If you have more questions, if you're stuck, if you have problems, reach out to me. Like I'm truly here to help. Mm -hmm. Now, do you teach mostly local in your area or do you do travel or how's your training program set up? I do local in my area. And then about a month ago, I launched, I took my full course, I filmed it and it's online now. Oh, okay. And then at the end of it, I just do like a however long Zoom they need for the full set. So I can kind of be there, walk them through it, talk to them, answer questions. Oh, cool. So you have a class that you can take the class, watch all the videos, get the content, learn. Is it for basic volume, classic, hybrid, or what do you teach? It's a volume course. Okay, so volume. So if you already got some classic, this is your way for the next step to go to volume. And then yep. um, after that, you do a Zoom, like uh, they do a model, and you just sit there and you get to watch them do it and give them feedback as they're doing it? Yep. Okay. That's cool. That's really the future. I think there's a lot of benefit to that, especially since the content you can get through on your own time. It sounds like if you can just go online, watch it. And yeah. Start. And they can, do, you know, if they're busy, they have kids, they're working, it's something they're wanting to do on the side. They can, there's, I think there's eight modules and they can do one a day if they want to. They don't have to take work off on a Friday, be there all day. Mm -hmm. Cool. A little more flexible with it being online so yeah now what do you feel like is something one of the biggest things if you were looking back and starting over you would do differently if you had to go back and do this whole journey from working for two years to going on your own to finally being solo to training all these different paths what you've had many stages and pick one part i guess what would you do differently i would say through all of it looking back i think there were times where i didn't feel like I was confident enough or good enough. And I think that set me back sometimes. Even up to launching LBK lashes this year, I was like afraid to launch my lashes and glue, even though I had been testing them for like a year. I knew they were great. So I, I was like, hey, I'm launching a company. I have nano misters and I have fans. And it's like, there's no point in that because I don't yeah. have these. So I just think just going into things with confidence and 
Yeah, I think that probably would be my big. I mean, just because once you got through it, you didn't realize it was so painful, right? You probably realized, yeah. oh, I'm on the other side now. That Why was I so scared? Yeah. When I very first was doing lashes, I kid you not, I would get so scared. I would almost break out in hives. I was like so stressed oh. and so nervous. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but these people want lashes. I need to make sure they look good. And, you know, I was like, instead of just at the time too, I think I was still in school where the instructors were there. I could have been like, Hey, help me with this. Help me with that. But I was like, I just have to be good. And I can get help. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people get that backwards. I think the confidence comes up front. Like I'm, or the skill comes ahead and it doesn't, it's going to come after you do the act. You're going to learn, yeah, you're going to get clarity totally. from the action itself. And then that's when you improve. So just go all out. The worst that's going to happen is that that client won't be happy and you'll, you'll learn something. That'll be the lesson you need totally. to learn, right? Oh, wow. Totally. Yeah. They don't like it when I do it that way. I guess I won't do that again. And then you move yep. on and you pivot and you grow. Learn the lesson and move forward. Exactly. Totally. And it sounds like with LBK, you're going to get the same thing with launching your brand and trainings mm -hmm. and all that. You're going to find out what products people like. You're going to find out which marketing methods and messaging works and what doesn't. And just do it, right? Just get out there and take those chances. Yep. So that's great. And hopefully people listening, you know, because I think that's the biggest thing. I think fear of failure, fear of what the unknown, it's not going to work out. It's always what stops so many of us from moving forward and actually doing the things that we dream about. Yeah. And I'm glad to see you take those chances. And uh, looking back, hopefully someone will, because this say listening will go, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to finally move forward and make that big change. Yep. What's a word of encouragement you could pass on to our listeners today? I think just piggybacking off of that, I would just say, don't give up. Whether you're a new lash artist, whether you want to train, you want to start a business, whatever you want to do, just don't give up. Especially if you feel like you hit a roadblock or you kind of try to compare yourself to someone who's 10 years ahead of you and you're like, I'm never going to get there. What am I doing with my life? I should just quit. It would be so much easier. Yeah, I would just say, don't give up. Don't quit. Because if you put in the effort, and the work, you're bound to grow. That's just how things work. That's how life works. Even if it's super slow, you don't feel like you're growing. You look back and you're like, wow, I've actually come really far and I'm glad I didn't give up. And it's motivation to keep going. Yeah. Life rewards those who don't quit. And you never hear the stories of the people who quit. We only hear the stories of the people totally. who, who kicked it butt. And had tenacity and that grit and just stuck to it till they finally made it. And every person that we look up into in the industry are the ones who didn't quit. All the ones that we don't know about quit. <laughs> so it's exactly. like, and it's never easy. It's never, it always takes longer, it always costs more. And so for, yeah, that never give up is, it needs to be a mantra. You wake up and uh, yeah. just keep fighting, keep fighting. Cause you'll get there. Like you said, maybe slower than you want, but you'll get there. Yeah. Well, we're excited to have you as a sponsor at LashCon. And yeah. so that's really yeah. a big thing. She's going to have a booth there. And uh, maybe you can tell people where they can find you, website, Instagram, and all that fun stuff. So my website is lashesbykaylee.com. Kaylee is spelled K-A-L-I-E. My Instagram is lbklashes underscore. And then I do have a Facebook that's Lashes by Kaylee as well. Awesome. Very cool. And so hopefully you go follow her. And if you're coming to LashCon, come by and check out her booth. I know she's going to be super excited. Is this your first time doing a trade show or a conference or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Very first. All yeah. Right. So excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And we're here to help, too. So you'll be getting more stuff from us soon as far as details and all that. But anyhow, thank you so much, Kaylee, for coming on and being part of our podcast. And we'll see you again very soon. Thank you so much. 
Hey guys, that's a wrap. We are done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast and at the Last Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Bonbon testing, as well as our special guest, Kaylee, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.